What is up, everybody? A little bit of a different episode today, a bit of a somber one. I've got some life advice for everybody listening, some motivation for you. First part of the show will be normal. I am going to do the postseason predictions like I said I would. There is no inskeeps turnovers like I've been doing the past few. I was going to talk about Jonathan Taylor and how he was allowed to request a trade from the Colts. Um, I'll talk about that next week. Maybe something will happen this week, so there'll be more to talk about. I was going to talk about week zero of college football when there's really zero matchups to really talk about. I was going to talk about how this is the last year of like true divisions in college football, true conferences in college football. Um, It's kind of surreal to think about. I was going to talk about Baker Mayfield getting a starting job for the Bucks and how I'm thinking third time's a charm. Well, technically fourth, but third time's a charm. Starting with the team during the season, not mid-season. I, yeah. Um, but I'm not going to do that. Starting off in skips four, and then the postseason predictions, and then two beloved professional wrestlers passed away this week. One of them was Terry Funk. He was 79, I want to say. Um, I don't know a lot about the guy. I do know from a moment in his career towards the end of it, and I'll talk about that how I felt about that. And then Bray Wyatt, uh, otherwise known as Wyndham Rotunda. We'll talk about that, that. And then got some life advice for you following that Bray Wyatt passing. So getting into it. NCUS 4, WWE, LA Knight, solely because of his promo he cut last night. Usually it's because of what they do in the ring or championships. But wrestling is not just ring work. It's everything. So he blurred the lines between reality and script last night when he was giving a tribute to Bray Wyatt and cutting a promo like him, talking a story about how Bray Wyatt pushed him to where he is now because his first big feud on the main roster as LA Knight was against Bray Wyatt. And then he also dissed the Miz who he's in a feud with both great guys, incredible guys. They have, they have an awesome matchup coming next week at payback. I was going to preview that this week, but that's not going to happen now. Um, but LA Knight and Skips 4 from the Canadian Football League wide receiver Brady uh, Oliveira of the Winnipeg Blue, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, proving them to 9 and 2 on the season after defeating the Montreal Alouettes 47 to 17. Brady 18, no, sorry, rushing, not receiving, rushing 18 carries, 119 yards, one touchdown. From Major League Baseball. Mookie Betts, 23 at-bats in his return to Fenway. Not 23 at-bats this past seven days. In his return to Fenway, eight runs, two home runs, seven RBIs, two stolen bases, batting average over 500, on-base percentage over 600. Three doubles on the week. 13 hits altogether. On the pitcher side, from the Pittsburgh Pirates, Mitch Keller, 14 innings, 14, 14 innings played, 18 Ks, Two wins, two quality starts, 1.29 ERA, two earned runs, and 14 innings. Meanwhile, Mitch Keller of the Pittsburgh Pirates, they are sitting at 58 and 71 third in the NL Central, no fourth in the NL Central. And the Dodgers are sitting at 75 and 45. Sounds about right. <laughs> at first in the NL West. Again, and skips four. LA Knight, thank you for what you did last night. Brady Oliveira, Mookie Betts, and Mitch Keller. Now, getting into these NFL postseason predictions, I started off the NFC. 
so the NFC is wide open. The AFC is stacked. So the AFC is like, what are you thinking? Why would you do that? It's stacked. I don't know. I, there's going to be teams left out. The NFC, I think it's wide open. Um, I think it's top-heavy. And when I mean top-heavy, I mean the 49ers and Eagles. I have the 49ers at the one spot. I have the Eagles at the two spot. I think the Eagles take a slight step back this year during the regular season. Um, just because there's a, I think there's going to be a bit of a hangover there. But I think there's too much talent on that team to have any sort of hangover unless it's injuries or it's just total combustion. But I don't think they have a Super Bowl hangover. Therefore, 49ers are at one. Eagles are at two. Now, the NFC South or the NFC North, who are you going to pick? I think the NFC South is pretty bad. I don't think it's going to be bad in terms of quality of play. I just think it's going to be bad in terms of wins of losses. With that being said, Saints take the three seed. And the NFC North, I don't. I actually think it might be better than the South. It's just right now I'm kind of having it the Lions at the four seed because I do think the Saints have a solid defense. And I think Derek Carr will rejuvenate that offense, in my opinion. Um, maybe I should have switched it, but right now Saints three, Lions four. I'll do these one more time in the middle of the season, uh, about around week nine. Um, then for the fifth seed, I have the Rams. Um, I think they're going to come back to. I think they're going to come back to not necessarily how they were the year they won the Super Bowl. But I think they will kind of right the ship a little bit. Um, Vikings, six seed. Um, I do think they're a more talented team than the Lions. I just think the Lions, I don't know, I, I think they just got something brewing this year. I'm not saying I'm picking them to beat the Chiefs and, on opening night, not because I'm a homer. I'm trying to be, not because I'm trying to be a homer. I just think the Lions could give them a serious run for their money. Um, that made no sense. Anyways, uh, Vikings six seed, Cowboys at the seventh seed. Um, I don't think the Cowboys are a disaster. I think people just like to pile on the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are in a state where they've been my whole life, literally my whole life since I've been born. I was born two months after the last Super Bowl. Um, I think they're in a state where they're either overhated or um, overvalued, if that makes sense. Overvalued as in weed and boys it's our year every single year or it's we're tired of hearing weed and boys every single year so they're kind of i do think the cowboys will be a seven seed i just think the nfc is kind of wide open so i i had trouble picking other teams like yeah i could pick the seahawks i'm gonna be in the playoffs i, I could totally see that swap them out with the vikings or the rams maybe um i, I just think the cowboys are making the playoffs i i think their running game is gonna be pretty good deuce vaughn i know he looks small but he's so shifty. He's having dudes miss left and right in preseason. I know it's just preseason, but I mean, it's still impressive in my opinion for somebody as small as he is. And the AFC number one seed. Oh, hey, Dalton. Of course, you have that. The Chiefs. Look, I don't trust their defensive line with Chris Jones being gone. I don't trust their young enough becoming receiving core. But I true do trust the best head coach in the league and the best quarterback in the league and the best tight end in the league. They'll make it work. I love the running game. I think the offensive line will be better than it was last year. I think while this defense looks like it's going to be similar to 2018, I think they have more depth, and I do think they're more talented in the secondary. So as of right now, the Chiefs are the number one seed. I have a feeling that'll change, and there'll be a two or three seed, but I'm right now having them in one. Number two, I have the Bengals. Um, best receiving core in the league. Second best quarterback in the league. Um, defense is solid. I don't think I paid too much attention to what they did with their O-line this year. I think that will continue to improve. Um, I would have the Jaguars, but it's still the Jaguars. 
Okay, I know it's a whole new show with Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence. They got Calvin Ridley this year. But I, I just don't think anybody's topping the Chiefs or Bengals right now. The four seed, I have the Jets. Um, you could, It's a toss-up between the Jets and Bills. Why, you may ask. I think the teams are built similar. Um, the Jets have a better running game. Both offensive lines are crap. Both defensive-style head coaches. Both incredible quarterbacks to watch play. I think it can be either or. Just right now I'm going with the Jets because they do have uh, the better running game than the Bills. But I digress. Five-seed Bills. Um, number six-seed. The Ravens. I think this is Lamar's year to play a full year, finally. And he's got all the weapons. They have no excuses. It's just the AFC stacked. It's hard It's hard to put them above those five teams. And then the Chargers. Um, I picked the most stacked teams. Um, if you, I will go into who I think will be in the conference championship and the NFC. I think it could be the 49ers and Eagles again, with 49ers possibly getting revenge on them. And the AFC, I think it would be the Chiefs again, and possibly the Jets, just because probably two most complete teams in the AFC. Well, first and third, and then the Bengals. I just have the Jaguars over the Jets because the Jet, Jets O-line, that's it. Um, who do I have winning the conference championships? I don't know. I don't know yet. But that's the beauty of predictions, right? I it's Right now, it's kind of picking who you think is best. Um, so I'm picking the Chiefs to win the AFC Championship. I'm picking the 49ers to win the AFC Championship. We have a rematch of Super Bowl 54. As much as the story would make sense, I know this isn't WWE, as much as the story would make sense, I don't think the Chiefs repeat. While it's Super Bowl 58, Derek Thomas wore 58. Norma Hunt passed away this offseason. She was 85, obviously, flip around the numbers. Um, and they definitely could do it. They have the team to do it. They have the leadership to do it. Sent the first team since the Pats. And the Patriots didn't have great receiving core, great running game either. But they had a great quarterback and a great coach and a an in-depth defense. So I think the Chiefs versus 49ers, Super Bowl 58, I think 49ers win it. Actually, I'm taking that back. If I'm picking between Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes, I'm picking Patrick Mahomes. So right now, I have the Chiefs beating 49ers. So rematch from Super Bowl 54, four years later, that's what happens. Also, Kyle Shanahan is Andy Reid before Mahomes. Bad with clock management. Maybe Brock Purdy is his Mahomes, and he figures it all out with clock management. I don't know. But right now, 49ers versus Chiefs, I think Chiefs win a tight one. Again, that could change week eight or nine. I don't want people thinking I'm just picking the Chiefs just to pick the Chiefs. But right now, best head coach, best quarterback, the 49ers. Best one of the best defenses. Brock Purdy's gonna be fine. They got a good receiving core, a good running game, and a great head coach. So right now I just went with the I guess I went with the safe picks, but right, I'm gonna take a quick break. Um and then I'm gonna talk about the passing of Terry Funk, Bray Wyatt, and my thoughts on that and some life advice for everybody. Stay tuned. Okay, so the professional wrestling world lost two members this week. One of them, 79 years old, Terry Funk. Um, he was 
before my time, obviously, but when I started watching, if I remember correctly, I was nine years old, 2005, and about a year later, 2006, kind of follow the timeline a little bit here, apparently WWE is, no, early 2005, ECW had a pay-per-view, um, all the laughter, not appropriate at this time, but had a pay-per-view called One Night Stand. Yes, it was it was legitimately called One Night Stand. Um, ECW was wild. Extreme Championship Wrestling. It was literally a bunch of extreme matches like tables, tables on fire, thumbtacks, barbed wire wrapped around bats, you name it. But that's what it was called. And anyway, anyways, WWE had bought that, had bought the rights to ECW, just like they did with WCW and NWA and all that. Uh, not NWA, sorry. Um, anyways, so they had a return pay-per-view for ECW in 2005, One Night Stand. And they decided to grow it and basically make it a third brand. But it started out like it was an invasion, an invasion, invasion, like a storyline invasion. So in 2006, WrestleMania 22, Rob Van Dam wins the money in the bank. And him and John Cena have a build to it. They made cashes in on John Cena, whatever, sets up a match at one night stand because Rob Van Dam was an ECW. Sorry if you hear my dog barking in the background. Um, anyways, that was one main storyline. Another storyline was I was interested in was Edge, who I just talked about on the last episode, and Mick Foley, a tag team. Um, we're talking about how great of an extreme or a hardcore wrestler Mick Foley was. And I didn't sit right with the ECW Invasion guys, specifically Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk. Those guys were a tag team. The mat, the very, the matches I saw with those two were incredible, or those four were incredible. It was awesome seeing a legend like Terry Funk, like he's up there with the names of Ric Flair. Um, it was awesome seeing that. So I saw that short time of Terry Funk, just those two, those matches, those tag team extreme matches, true ECW style, true hardcore professional wrestling style. Um, it was cool to see. Um, I'm glad you got to live a full life. I mean, what is a full life? I mean, you lived to 79. I'd say that's a full life. Left a true mark on the wrestling business. I believe guys like Ric Flair and McFoley says or say Terry Funk was one of the greatest in terms of story storytelling and entering work, character work, all, all, all that. Um, I can't speak for that. I haven't gone back and necessarily watched his old matches or any documentaries of his. I will go look for those at some point just to kind of further understand what he was like. But it, from when I, he was one of the first people that left an impact on me when I first started watching wrestling. So, unfortunately, that was not the only devastating news the wrestling world got, specifically WWE. Wyndham Rotunda, otherwise known as Bray Wyatt, passed away unexpectedly Thursday. And... Triple H, Paul Levesque had put out a tweet saying Mike Rotunda had called him, uh, Wyndham's father, Bray's father, um, called him saying that Bray had passed away. Bray Wyatt returned last fall, last Halloween. I actually called it. It's on my TikTok. It's ISE Inscape Sports. Again, ISE Inscape Sports on my TikTok. You can scroll through. And I do say that I called it Bray Wyatt was going to return on Extreme Rules on Halloween weekend. I called it, and I got to tell you, this guy, you, you guys know, when it comes to wrestling, I don't I don't fan over the fanboy over the storylines and the characters, with the exception of a few. 
And he was the one of the ones in the char- with the characters. This guy was a legitimate wrestler. He had a legitimate wrestling background, freestyle wrestling background. I'm not going to go over that, but he did. His in-ring work was incredible. He was a bigger guy. He had an alternate ego, the Fiend, similar to the Undertaker, who had multiple characters. I said say alternate ego. Al- yeah, no, alternate ego works. Yeah. Um, and I, I do believe he was the next Undertaker. And the last time he we saw Bray on Monday Night Raw was the Raw is 30, or the Raw is, just go look up what the 30th anniversary of Raw was titled. Kind of funny. But the last time we saw Bray on Monday Night Raw was the Undertaker essentially passing him the torch, because we all thought Bray slash The Fiend was the next Undertaker. But not long after that, he was written off again, and we all thought it was poor storytelling, or maybe Bray and Creative weren't getting along. I don't know. Um, but it turns out he had COVID, which ended up exacerbating a heart issue. And he had a heart attack Thursday night. And I don't mean to make this about me, because I think that's selfish. I think that's spitting in the face of somebody who legit, who just passed away not even 48 hours ago. But it does kind of put into light, or not put into light, put into perspective, or a whole new perspective on life, that loss is tragic and real and at times random like this, which I guess it wasn't random because we knew we had health issues because there was a report out not long ago that he was dealing with life-threatening issues, but it still puts into perspective. Now, here's the deal. Here's some life advice, I should say. I don't know what's going on in everyone's life who listens. I don't know how everyone's doing. But I pride myself on somebody who reaches out to his friends and family as much as he can. Maybe not all of my family, maybe not all of my friends, but twice a week. It's not saying, hey, I love you. It's more so just sending a meme, sending a picture, sending a funny TikTok, um, giving my father crap about the Dallas Cowboys, and Dak Prescott throwing another interception. Um, just random stuff like that. So if I had to give you some life advice now, or challenge you, if there's somebody out there you're at a crossroads with, somebody you're close with, somebody you love, apologize. Even if you're not, even if you don't feel like you need to apologize, that's the point here. Who cares? Apologize. Tell them you love them. Send them a funny TikTok. Send them a picture. Send them a song. Send them something. Um, some more advice. If you're, and this seems like it's random. If you're interested in somebody, you have feelings for somebody, don't play this whole, oh, I'm going to do it when I have this. Oh, I'm going to, no, just go for it. I'm not saying, like, be weird about it, but go for it. Maybe, what's the worst worst thing that they can do? Say no. I mean, maybe they end up being a friend. Maybe they end up being something. You just don't want to look back like, man, what if? Or what if something happens? And back to the whole family and friend thing, if you're at a crossroads, Think about it this way. What if you're having an argument with somebody and that person you're having an argument with you love dearly and the next morning you wake up and they don't? I mean, this if the passing of a beloved wrestler, Bray Wyatt, teaches you anything, it should teach you that. That this stuff is real and random. So think about that. Um, I know this is different. I know I didn't, I didn't really want to get serious, but... 
I mean, we all got somebody that we need to reach out to. Like I said, I, I pride myself on basically reaching out to my friends and family every day, close friends and family. Um, maybe I, maybe there's people I leave out when I don't reach it, when I reach out to people, but it's definitely not my intentions. Like I said, it was going to be a somber, serious episode, with the exception of the first half. Um, it's kind of all I have to say on that. Just like I said, if, if you're at a crossroads with somebody, reach out to them. Or if you're in the middle of a fight and you're mad at them, honestly, swallow your pride and tell them, like, look, I'm sorry. I love you. Or look, I'm sorry. Just wanted to say that. Even if you don't feel like you really want to say sorry, just reach out. Let them know you think about them. Let them know you care about them. Let them know. Just let them know. Again, like I said, don't make it serious. Send them a picture. It's fantasy football season. Send them a picture of your fantasy football lineup. I don't know. But I think we all, uh, take a lot of things for granted and that stuff needs to stop especially in this day and age and by the way we're in the age of social media if you can't even tweet somebody or post i it's x now i don't know what to say tweet no i'm still saying tweet but that's all i have to share thank you bray wyatt rest in peace you will be missed terry funk thank you i'm out of here and sports and entertainment episode 117 Thank you.